Hey everyone, happy Sunday. Welcome to our Sunday weekly warm up here with the Teach Better team. Gets to join you live every single Sunday, exclusive to our private Facebook group. Of course, my name is Ray Heward. Brad Hughes is here with me, and we have an amazing guest that I know this will be one of many times. We will be picking her brain. There's too many good things for this to be a one time conversation, but Bobby here is here with us and very, very excited to introduce all of you to the amazing work that she is doing. Obviously, we are streaming exclusive to our private group, so please feel free as you get started to tag your friends to come join the conversation. Let us know where you're listening from. We know that many of you have had long weeks, and as we wrap up February and head into March, we know this can be a very, very exciting time. So please relax, put your feet up, grab grab your glass of water or you know, adult beverage, and we'll be right back. Happy Sunday as we are slowly getting started a little early today. We are streaming on Sunday evening here at 7 Central, 8 Eastern, exclusive in our private Facebook group. And then also if you're catching this after the fact, we do stream this on Monday to all of our normal platforms like Teach Better Talk podcast, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn, all those great things. Brad Hughes in the house. Brad, how you doing? Ray Hewitt, I'm, I'm doing well. It's been a busy and a very productive weekend here in Southern Ontario. Uh, yesterday, I had the opportunity to participate in a fundraising walk, which happens in many different communities. It's called Coldest Night of the Year. So we gathered a school team of uh, staff members, as well as uh, parents and caregivers from our school. We participated in a five-kilometer walk to benefit uh, a local charitable organization. This was happening all over Ontario, if not all over Canada, and uh, just wonderful to take part in that. Canadian Curling Championships for Women are this weekend. Uh, Drive to Survive premiered, and we're only one week away, Ray, from the first race in the F1 season for 2024. So it's been a big and a big full weekend, and uh, I'd love to hear about your weekend too. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about. I definitely want to talk weekends. I know we have an amazing guest with us. Bobby, how was your weekend? How are you feeling so far? I'm feeling great. I am just so appreciative to be here and uh, looking forward to spring. That's for sure. I'm not a winter person. So uh, it was nice enough to get out and do some hiking this weekend. But uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here. You know, I am in the Chicago area, Bobby, and I heard a rumor that maybe not tomorrow, but Tuesday, it's going to be almost 70 degrees where I am located. Sign me up. So I'm not sure what good weather is in your definition, but that is huge as we talk about wrapping up February into March. Amazing. Sunglass weather. Yes, that's exactly it. Bobby, did you do anything exciting this weekend? Anything worth worth celebrating, giving a shout out on the show? No, you know what? I just took it easy. I'm just getting over, you know, some illness and um, I was just happy to be able to get outside in the sunshine and walk with my animals and just enjoy nature. Ooh, we could do an animal chat. I know Brad has a puppy. I have two. What do you have at home? Oh my goodness. I have you beat. I have a dog and three cats and I'm fostering two pups. 
Oh my God, that is a lot of animals all in one house. Okay, do you keep the name straight, Brad? I, I have to go to you on this, Brad. You have kids and an animal. Do you sometimes mess up the kids and the dog's name? Like, I mean, it's just common nature, right? Yeah, right. On a good day, I'm lucky to remember my own name, let alone the names of my loved ones. But uh, yeah, we have one dog, uh, Charlie. And I know that Bobby and family, you have had uh, a number of uh, animals in your home as as repeat fosters. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that experience for you. Yeah, so about a year and a half ago, I decided that I wanted to foster. Um, my sis my brother and sister-in-law live in North Carolina, and they're involved with a foster there. And during COVID, there was issues with bringing animals in from out of country. So I ended up bringing one of their animals uh, from Turkey to stay with us. And so she was with us actually for longer. She was here for about eight months. And then uh, she was adopted in North Carolina to a lovely family. Um, and then just six weeks ago, um, I decided I wanted to do that again. I really liked the experience and had the mindset that I'm just going to, you know, train these pups so that they are ready to, you know, meet their forever families. And so we took um, two pups. Um, they're from the same litter. They're a cross between an English pointer and an Anatolian shepherd. So they're about five months old. I have no idea how big they would be. But um, they're looking like they're getting a little bit bigger now. But um, but no, they're doing great. They're great with the cats. They're great with our dog. Um, they're just super sweet and lovely. So uh, fingers crossed that we find um, a home for them soon. Mm, I'm sure you will. I love the the growing of families and the exciting things there and definitely excited for some good weather ahead. Before we get too far into it, Bobby, I would love to have you share a little bit about who you are, what you do in education, how you continue to support educators by sharing your knowledge base. And while we, of course, love to hear about the cats and the dogs, I know that there is so much more that our community here will also enjoy. Do you mind sharing a little bit about who you are? Yeah. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. So um, I live in uh, Waterloo, Ontario, Canada, and um, I've been in education for about 30 years. So I have been a classroom teacher from junior kindergarten to grade seven, as well as a special education teacher, an itinerant teacher and a spec ed consultant. So about a year and a half ago, I decided to retire a little bit early and I retired, but I like to say I'm retired, but not done. So about the same time, I decided I was going to go back to school and work on my master's. It was something that I had wanted to do for decades, but with three little kids and living in rural areas and no online learning at that time, it wasn't feasible to do. So I thought, well, why not? Why not do it now? So I'm glad I waited because my focus has been quite different. Um, so I am able to, uh, you know, through all my coursework um, there, you know, I've, I've learned there are things I'm very passionate about. I'm passionate about my family, about uh, mental health, education and personal development. So those things are all very much who I am and and how I show up or try to show up every day and everything that I do. And um, and what I found now through my coursework is that all roads keep leading to these passions I have, right? So that's why I was really excited to do some research and look at how, you know, um, educators can create climates um, within their classroom that facilitate 
um, you know, positive mental health, right? Um, I know for myself personally, I have one of my one of my children has struggled with her own mental health for over a decade. And I can remember how having a caring and compassionate educator was really integral and in getting her re-engaged into school. Um, I definitely know what I would have done without that. Uh, so that was super helpful. But I also know in the last 10 years of my career, what I noticed as, um, as someone who mentored educators and went into multiple schools is that every school kind of felt a bit different. There was, you know, a different climate in every school. But within one school, every classroom felt different, right? So it made me kind of curious as to why that was and what we could do to help support educators to create some more positive environments. So that's really what's kind of spurred uh, this passion of mine. You know, Bobby, I was so excited when we booked you on the show because Brad just couldn't do anything but speak so highly of you. Like so many positive things to share about your insight, how you support educators, all those great things. Brad, do you mind if I jump over to you and hear a little bit about why you were so excited to have Bobby on the show? Not at all. And and I just want to let you know that uh, Bobby is a friend and a colleague here in uh, our district, Waterloo Region. Uh, and uh, I have personally been impacted by Bobby's influence and expertise uh, as a special education leader in our district and as a consultant. Uh, Bobby made both personal and professional difference uh, to the lives of many, many students uh, and faculty members in schools uh, where, where colleagues and I serve. Uh, and also Bobby's growing passion and continued passion is to find ways, small ways, but significant ways that we educators can reflect on and make small shifts in our climate to not only benefit the health and well-being of our students, but also to benefit the health and well-being of ourselves, of educator well-being. And we know that there's an intimate connection between the well-being of kids and the well-being of all the significant adults in their lives. And, and Bobby, I'm wondering what your research is beginning to tell you about that connection between climate and well-being and, and just get us started with what you're discovering and what you want to share out to our audience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you know, I decided to kind of go down this path and I looked at um, doing a qualitative research study, which where I was interviewing educators. Um, I chose to interview educators in grades seven and eight and above because that's really, um, you know, developmentally a time in a child's life where they're starting to kind of, you know, develop more relationships with their friend group. Friend groups are very important. A school is very, you know, and that's where they connect with their friends mostly and kind of pulling away a little bit from their family. So that's why I chose that age group. Um, but what was really interesting is that I didn't know um, when I got the participants really where they taught, what school they were at. But what I learned through interviewing them was that they had some really diverse backgrounds, which was amazing. I was really excited by that. So there, you know, was a teacher that had international experience teaching. There was someone else who was, you know, in a private religious school and other teachers that were, you know, in public education. And then interesting enough, the range of the number of students that they had contact with on a daily basis was from 20 to 170. So I thought, wow, to have, you know, 170 students a day that you're connecting with, that's incredible, right? Um, but the really cool thing, the thing that gets me really excited and I like to talk about is the fact that their responses were pretty similar. 
So that was pretty cool. So, um, Brad, I can show that graphic if you want to pop it up. Yeah, awesome. go ahead, Bobby. I'd love to hear about what this graphic is all about. Yeah, that's great. So what I created this because I'm, I'm a visual person. I like to create graphics uh, just to help me process and understand things. So I did this because um, I, I was really looking for, I guess, a recipe for positive class climate. And when I asked educators, what is class climate? They all kind of said, well, it's that vibe you get. It's the feeling when you walk into the room. And for anybody on the line here, I know you all know what that means because I know what that means too, right? You know, when you step into a room, it's, you know, you just get a feeling. So it's really hard to, to describe, right? So it was really teasing out what are the ingredients that kind of create this class climate? And what I found was that one of the number one ingredients was building relationships. So the teacher's ability to build relationships with their students and also the ability to facilitate relationships between students was really important. And tied into that, you'll see, was belonging. So, you know, get, getting that child to feel that they belong in that classroom was also tied into that relationship being developed and cultivated. And also then that was related to the engagement, right? So all of those things together kind of created these positive relationships that were, you know, an important ingredient for this class climate. The other thing I discovered too was um, educators being able to access resources and strategies. So, you know, resources within their schools and within their communities. Um, but what was interesting is when teachers had strong relationships with their students and really knew, you know, what they needed, they were more likely to access appropriate resources to help, again, cultivate learning and cultivate, you know, that relationship. Um, the other interesting thing that came up numerous times was specific resources that looked at character education, social emotional learning. So being able, you know, knowing how important that was and being able to access resources that help them, you know, present that information to their students. Um, the other thing, too, that I found that was important in this research was boundaries and expectations. So the teacher is able to set boundaries and expectations, especially, you know, with all kids, but kids, you know, with that at that adolescent age, you know, they really need some structure and some boundaries. And so teachers spoke time and time again about how important it was to set those boundaries and have high expectations. And when they had a relationship with the students, then the students followed them. The students followed the expectations. They knew what the boundaries were, right? It was, it was easier to implement um, the curriculum, it was easier to, you know, get through your day and to, you know, plan some really great and engaging activities when you had that relationship with the student. And you'll notice, too, that I did the circle around that graphic and I just put teacher on the outside. And the reason being is because the teacher is really, I guess, if I'm going to keep going with the analogy of a recipe, the teacher is really the cook. So the teacher is the person who brings all these things together in order to create this class climate. Nobody can do it for you. So when you're an educator in your classroom, right, you are the one who has to 
look at how can you build up this class climate by accessing, you know, all of these components and all of these ingredients that are kind of come together and create this class climate. So I know Brad had mentioned before the idea or the, it's not an idea, just the, the knowledge of teacher mental health impacts student mental health. And to me, this is why when you look at the teacher's responsibility and all the things that they have to do to create this climate where not only your students learning, but they're engaged and they feel that they belong, then I think it's hugely important uh, for our educators. And the, under, the other interesting thing too that came up that I was kind of surprised at is that a lot of the educators said to me, we need purposeful professional development that is intentional and that talks about things like how to build a relationship. So some of those things that some of us might consider like soft skills, right? Edu not all educators know how to do that, right? So I think, you know, having, having something um, that educators can tap into that kind of gives them ideas and walks them through, like how, how, would I, how would I develop a relationship from a student that's very challenging, right? Things like that, I think that would be, they said would be super helpful. Bobby, we have so much more to dive into with this. We're going to transition here into our segment that's going to be all about trying to get some really good strategies, ideas, challenges, food for thought in our next section. And Brad, you're going to kick us off after this commercial. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. It is the Sunday weekly warm-up streaming exclusively in the Teach Better Facebook group. Ray Hewitt and Brad Hughes from the Teach Better team are with you and our special guest, special educator and master's candidate and researcher, Bobby Wickers. We're exploring the connection between classroom climate, student wellness, and educator health and well-being. Bobby, we've kicked off a wonderful conversation. We've dived into your research. I'm just going to pop uh, graphic of your research back on there that foundations of building relationships within our classroom leading to positive class climate. And before the break, you were talking about how educators are craving resources and strategies. I wonder if there are any resources and strategies that you can recommend either based on your research or where do we want to leverage care and support for our educators to really build those positive classroom climates? You know what, Brad, you know what the first thing that comes to mind is educators working on themselves, right? So I know that I have been on a personal development journey myself for, you know, over six years now. I mean, I've always, I've always enjoyed, you know, personal growth and personal development, um, but really dived into it about six years ago. And just, you know, getting really clear on, you know, what my intentions are and who I am and what I'm bringing to the classroom, right? Because so many times, um, there have been moments in my educational career where, you know, I've been surprised by a response from a colleague or from a student. And then when I'm able to step back and reflect 
on the energy that I'm putting out, then I realize often what comes back at you is what you're putting out, right? There are the occasional times it's it's not doesn't work that way. So in my brain, I always, I always, you know, rethink, reflect, and then try again another way, right? Um, so to me, it's, you know, to be a better educator who is present for your students, to me, it's coming to understand who you are as a person and what you value. And I think that kind of helps you see, you know, what are the intricacies within your day or with your students that that you find challenging, right? And why do you find that challenging? So I think it's really diving, diving into that yourself. And I know... Um, when I used to travel between schools to various meetings, I would always pop in a podcast, something positive, right? Because um, there can be negativity, right? And, and I'll be honest, I usually wasn't called when there were good things happening. Mm -hmm. So so that was probably some of it too. Um, but I always, you know, it was always, well, trying to shift it. And let's look at the situation from, you know, a positive mindset, right? And a growth mindset. And, you know, the student may be struggling, but tell me one thing that they did well today or what's something positive that happened, right? So sometimes we kind of get tunnel vision and I think it's just so important, you know, to reflect on yourself. And then I think that will help you kind of figure out how to engage in a more positive way with your students. Ray, as an experienced middle school educator uh, and as a speaker and educational leader in the space, what's coming up for you as we try to balance the tension between standards and a curriculum that must be developed, uh, high expectations for student and school achievement, but also allowing educators to find the delight in the relationship that they cultivate with their kids. Yeah, you know, Bobby, I've really loved what you've shared so far. And I know that it's been echoed in the comments how nice that graphic was to kind of see how to build something. I'll be working with a school in, in Chicago tomorrow um, where they want to explore this topic even further. How do we support teachers so we can support our students. And I think one of the many things that we hear from our community is wanting those very actionable steps and not just talking about, oh yeah, we have to take care of ourselves. But the reality is, you know, we're at the tail end of February. Most of there's the most of those New Year's resolutions have maybe gone to the wayside. And how do we make sure that we support one another and ourselves in this journey? Do you mind sharing some examples of how you really take care of yourself, not only by being a learner, but also creating the capacity for yourself to be able to do that on a daily basis? Yeah. Um, big thing for me is my morning routine. So I, I get up um, earlier than I normally would. Um, actually, right now with puppies, I get up a lot earlier, but um, it's helpful. I get more done. But um, no. So what I do every morning is I get up and I start my day with gratitude. So things that I am grateful for. And you know what? Some days it's hard. But if you if you look and if you make it a practice, then what I found is that I start noticing things throughout my day. Oh, I could write that down tomorrow. <laughs> you know, so things you start to your brain start shifting. Right. Um, what is the saying? Uh, you always find what you're looking for. Right. So if you're only looking for negativity and things that are going wrong, then you I guarantee you, you'll find it. 
but the same is also true for positivity, right? So I start with gratitude. Um, I make a list of things that I need to be working on, kind of prioritize, right? I listen to something positive. I do yoga. I do like a really small, like four minute meditation that I found that works for me. Um, and I do that. And it's just, you know, tuning into podcast audiobooks. Right now I'm listening to, um, oh shoot, what is his name? Um, I'll have to look it up. But I like to listen to like Brene Brown. I love Brene Brown. Um, I also, you know, Oprah, of course. Um, I just listened to uh, Jamie Kern on the weekend, did a free thing about positivity. Mel Robbins is a fan, huge fan of Mel Robbins. So people who are really in a positive space and who are really trying to, you know, to help, right? Be of service. The book I'm currently listening to is called The Happiness Advantage and it's Sean Aker. I love it. Yes. That's, yeah. that's a good one. It is a good one. And actually, I've already listened to it before, but I liked it so much. I started listening to it again. So, yeah, I have some favorites that I just find grounding. Um, so I like listening to that just to kind of remind myself, right, of why I'm doing this work and why I think it's important. And, you know, I'll be honest, um, it, it's, you know, it it does take practice. Right. So it takes practice. It's not just, uh, you know, you're going to try it the first day and it's going to work. No, it's not going to work. Right. But I just found with, you know, with consistency and practice, I've seen the difference that it's made for me and how I'm able to respond, you know, to the people that I worked with. Right. And also I've noticed it in my own children. Right. So that was huge for me. I, I've seen them implement some of the things, you know, that I've talked about. Um, you know, and so I think, you know, if it can make just a little bit of difference, right, then it's so worthwhile. You know, Brad and Bobby, I wonder if we could do a little facilitated activity here for our community that's live in the comments, exclusive in our private group over at teachbettergroup.com. Friends, maybe you could participate. Bobby, I love the highlight that you had of, of you always see what you're looking for. And there was a study done that is often referred to that phrase where pilots are told to either set a destination that they're going to achieve or they're set or, or they're told to just avoid the obstacle in front of them. And the, and the joke was, you know, I'm butchering it, but when you told them to avoid the option, the, the obstacle in front of them, they hit it. But when we told them where they were going, they easily could avoid the obstacles before them because they were focused on where they were going. So if we could maybe challenge our community here that's live with us, take a moment and maybe make a, a dedication of what you're going to look for this week. Mm. And maybe it's simply to look for the aha moments that our specific students are having. Maybe it's to look for a specific colleague that's going above and beyond. Maybe it's to look for an opportunity to compliment someone. Brad, mm -hmm. I'd love to hear from you what comes to mind seeing the good and looking for the good, even small moments of good and in all of the helter skelter world of our uh, of our classroom lives and very busy lives uh, both in education and outside as community members as well always looking for an opportunity to reflect on you know bobby you said starting the day with gratitude and and recently i read about the power of ending your day with gratitude and we we tend to lock into memory um the most intense uh, uh part of our day as well as how our day ends how our day tends to wrap up if we can kind of interrupt especially if we're ending the the day on kind of a note that we wish we weren't. If we could wrap our day with a gratitude for even a small moment of uh, joy, of progress, or, you know, we're here in the Teach Better team, 
a small moment of better? How, how was today even a little bit better for yourself or how were you able to make today a little bit better for those that you serve? I love this conversation, Bobby, before we wrap up here and head into our Sunday sparks, I would love to just give you an opportunity to share anything that is on your mind, on your heart that you hope our community considers. Obviously there's a lot of content and elements that we should be doing to be better educators, but maybe an element of food for thought that our community here can hold on to as they head into their week ahead. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I want to say is, you know, none of us are perfect, right? We, we all do things and, and we think, oh, why did I do that? Or that didn't work out, right? So, I, and I, I think one of the most important skills, actually to me, the most important skill a teacher has is the ability to reflect right? So not just reflecting on the academic lesson that you're teaching and, and how to, you know, you know, solidify that concept. I think um, reflecting on your interactions with students, with colleagues, with families, right? And if an interaction doesn't go well, instead of expecting the student to change, think about how you can change. Mm. That's where I've seen the greatest growth in educators that I mentored was there a aha moment when the strategy started working and I'd be like, oh, well, what did you do different? And the one teacher said to me, I changed, mm. right? So, which was huge, right? So even the strategies that we tried to implement weren't working and it's because, you know, she had a very fixed mindset on how the student was behaving. So that's just a, a really small example. The other thing too, just the food for thought is um, greeting your students every day smiling and calling them by name. That's huge. So, so to me, it's the little things, little things can make a big difference. So many important mic drop moments, takeaways, things to keep in mind as we wrap up February and head into March. We're transitioning here into our Sunday spark, which as many of you know, I'm a little biased. This is one of my favorite sections of the show, especially this commercial because the one and only Brad Hughes made it. We'll be right back. Love a good cupcake. Brad mm -hmm. Hughes, we're here for our Sunday Spark. Bobby, for those of you that may be here for the first time, this is an element of our show that we love to have to wrap up our conversation and give you something good in the world to celebrate. This could be something that you use as a bell ringer to connect with students later this week. This could just bring a smile to your face, maybe something you share with a colleague or family member, just something good to celebrate a world that has Sure, lots of opportunities to see the bad, and today we're choosing to see the good. Brad, what do you have for us? I've got a fantastic story that is a wonderful segue from our discussion with Bobby Wickers about the importance of uh, climate uh, and how uh, little things working together uh, can really open up channels and networks of wellness and connection. Uh, this was a Sunday Spark story proposed by Natalie McAleese, a colleague at my school who's a librarian and, and a wonderful educator. Uh, and the headline from goodnewsnetwork.org, Ray and Bobby, is when a preschool was opened inside a dementia care home, all heaven broke loose. This is from goodnewsnetwork.org. And this is about a communal flourishing 
a dementia care village in England that it's incorporated a day nursery for small children, bringing together young and old for learning and sharing. They say it takes a village to raise a child, stimulation, learning, and fun. These are all activities that are known to delay the progression of dementia. And what better way to add these critical elements of life to a daily regimen than to let a flock of preschoolers do it. Now get this, the name of the nonprofit operator of these senior homes specializing in dementia care is Belong. Their name is Belong. And this pioneering facility supports older people to live their lives independently with access not only to several shops and services, but they have partnered to run the village's day nursery. So children feature in the daily life of residents and tenants. They enjoy experiences together, including shared meal times, stories, arts, crafts, and exercise. And what an incredible uh, example of the synergy and of two uh, communities coming together, working together for mutual benefit. Uh, and, and who better than our elders and seniors to play an important role in caregiving. Who has the most experience in caregiving and who also has maybe the highest needs in terms of continued care are seniors and elders. So I, I thought this uh, story would really resonate with you, Ray and Bobby, uh, mm -hmm. having you know both uh, uh, elders and, uh, and grandparents in your lives and in our lives, but also as educators and as human beings that wanna see your communities flourish. I thought this story about belonging in a dementia care home, a nursery in a dementia care home would be really resonant for you. Mm, I love a good Sunday spark. And Bobby, I'd love to make sure in addition to hearing your thoughts, you also hopefully can share your contact information. So anyone here in our Teach Better family, if they want to continue to have this conversation, can reach out to you. Yeah, no, that's great. I love this story. You know what? Isn't that what everybody needs is to belong? Right. And you just think about think about that. And and even, you know, back to, um, you know, thinking about what I want to do next for my research is it, it's looking at, you know, how can, you know, creating uh, work for for teachers and, you know, becoming more, um, I guess, um, independent leaders like that self leadership. Right. And so I'm in the process of developing a course, an online course for that. And I also want to create a guidebook on how to create positive class climate. So all those things, but also too, you know, think about the educators in your building who are struggling and do they feel they belong? Mm -hmm. um, that was evident to me too in, in, in my research and also in, in my career, right? Our educators who, who struggle to belong um, may also struggle to engage their own, their students within their own classroom. So it's kind of a, a trickle effect, right? So I would challenge everybody to um, reach out to your uh, your neighbor and your school and check on them and uh, bring them coffee, right? Just smile at them. How's your weekend, right? Little things like that. Little things make a big difference. Mm -hmm. Including little things, I want to challenge all of you here in our community to continue to grow your PLN, your professional learning network. Bobby is somebody that I was thrilled to be introduced through Brad Hughes and definitely want to make sure all of you in this network continue to grow your network as well. Bobby, how can our community here stay connected to you? Yeah, so I am, my email is just my first and last name at gmail.com. So bobbywickers at gmail.com. And I'm in the process of, of creating um, a website. So when that's up and running, if I, if I have an email from you, then I'll definitely send you the link to my website. Wonderful. Brad, any final thoughts for our community here? 
just a fantastic opportunity to connect and reconnect with you, uh, Ray, and with you, Bobby. And uh, Bobby is definitely somebody who has not only lots to offer, uh, but is also a learner uh, and a lover of kids and education at heart. So the more networking connections we can build, whether it's through our Sunday weekly warm-up or tomorrow morning with Teach Better Today, the more educators we're connected with, the more ideas we can share. And just like Bobby, your advice, just check in on your neighbor. The better connected we are, uh, the more we recognize that this education business, it, it can be a lonely affair at times, but there are all sorts of opportunities for connection, flourishing, and growth. Uh, just uh, reach out and uh, make sure that uh, Teach Better team is part of your network as well. So good. For everyone else, we want to remind you that we have our 12-hour live this coming Saturday. We are so excited to offer so much professional learning support with 12 hours of free professional development. No need to register or do anything to be a part of that. We will be offering giveaways every single half an hour, as well as a special place where you can give us any details that you choose and you'll be in the running to win a number of different prizes separate from the live stream as well. Feel free to go over to our YouTube channel to subscribe to all of that goodness. That will begin March 2nd at 8 a.m. Eastern and go all the way on March 2nd to 8 p.m. Eastern. I will be there. Brad will be there. Hopefully, Bobby will be there in the comments, and we have a lot more to share. So we want to celebrate the amazing things ahead. Brad, thank you for doing joining me on the show. Bobby, you had so much to share. I so appreciate you and can't wait to connect further. And we hope everybody here has a wonderful rest of their Sunday. Bye, friends. Have a great week ahead.